Today we're going to find out what it takes to become a digital missionary in today's world. Are you ready? Because it's time. Holy nuclear time bombs! Holy overeating! Holy roller coasters! It's time! It's time! It's time for the Lion Sidekick Podcast! <laughs> Hello heroes, I am Tom Pounder and you are listening to the YM Sidekick Podcast. This is the podcast where I talk to ministry leaders about what's happening in the digital and ministry world and how we can apply it into our context today in the world that we're living in, this very digital world that we're living in, a combined digital and in-person physical world that we're living in. And so today we're going to talk really a lot about digital and how you can become a digital missionary. And to talk with me about that is Tyler Stanson. Tyler is the lead pastor at Church Anywhere. And if you're in the online world at all, you'll know Tyler's name because he is really leading a huge movement with microsites and digital missionaries. And he's really mobilizing tons of people all over, not just in his area, but all over the world to become digital missionaries. So we're going to talk a lot about that today and what it looks like and what you need to do to become a digital missionary. But before I get into that, I do want to just encourage you, if you enjoy this podcast, go to ymsidekick.com and subscribe to it, or go to iTunes or Spotify and subscribe to it. I've got a lot of great content at ymsidekick.com, so I'd love for you to check that out uh, today. All right, heroes, let's get into the interview right now with Tyler talking about digital missionaries. All right, with me right now is Tyler Sansom. Tyler, how are you? I'm well. How are you? I'm doing well. It's uh, great for you to be on my podcast. Uh, again, as we were talking just a few minutes ago, I've been following you from afar. Um, and so I know you well from the online ministry stuff that you do. But um, just in case someone who doesn't know who you are, uh, give us a quick little uh, background about um, who you are, where you're at, and like how you got started in ministry. Yeah. So um, I started in ministry uh, out of college. Um, I left as a sophomore in college and started working full-time as a worship pastor for the church that I currently am at. Um, So I was the worship pastor there for three years. Um, I left First Capital and went to a church, um, a a large church in Indianapolis, Indiana called Northview. Um, And I was a worship pastor at Northview for about a year. And I really felt like God was kind of moving me into a different season of ministry. I didn't quite know what that looked like yet. But I, uh, I called First Capital back and said, like, hey, I know you have a worship pastor, but I would love to come back on staff in a different role. And I uh, brought uh, this idea of doing online ministry with me. Um, and that was back in 2015. Uh, so shortly after that, we launched um, an online campus, uh, which at the time was like a live stream and people chatting with people. And then from there, it's grown into um, like a multifaceted online to offline kind of approach um, over the years. Okay, so you've been uh, now you're in the lead of Church Anywhere, and tell us about that because I think that's awesome because you're you're really anywhere, including prisons, right? Yeah, yeah, prisons, hospitals, all, all you name it. So, um, yeah. So how did that get started? Yeah, so as we morphed, um, as First Capital morphed from being a centralized location into doing a ton of decentralized ministry with online avenues, um, we realized we were going to have to, uh, one, put somebody as like the lead pastor over all these people, um, and then two, create a staff around that person. So um, I naturally moved into that lead role because it was 
like I was the one that started it essentially um, unintentionally. <laughs> but, um, so I moved into that lead role and we brought staff underneath. So now we're like one church um, under an umbrella of First Capital Ministries. And then we have um, our 305 campus, which is in person, and then um, our online campus and microsites, which is called Church Anywhere. Yeah. And how many microsites do you have currently? I think currently we've got like 15. Uh, COVID really uh, hurt us a lot with being able to meet in person in microsites. So I think pre-COVID we were at like 23 and we slowly um, either developed some new ones or we started reopening some of the others. That's great. That's great. Well, again, I love hearing all your insights uh, on all of the Facebook groups we're in and just the different conferences you speak at. Uh, so, but today I want to talk about uh, digital missionaries. Um, you and I have used this term for a few years now. Um, and again, I don't even know where I got it from, but hearing you share about it recently, I was like, okay, we've got to talk about this more because I love what you're doing with digital missionaries. So speak to me a little bit right now about um, what you're personally doing, and then we'll get into how you are mobilizing digital missionaries right now. Yeah. So what I'm personally doing is I uh, started a YouTube channel and I'm doing uh, mostly Broadway music covers with a, occasionally a few like 80s rock songs because that's what I like <laughs> to listen to. Um, and then I do like a weekly or bi-weekly devotional thought. Usually they're like five to 10 minutes long um, and try to drive people towards like, um, how can I pray for you post uh, simply or like you version Bible studies all the way to Facebook groups, that kind of thing. Yeah, th that's awesome. What, um, what made you want to do the YouTube channel? Um, it's the second biggest search engine in the world, and our church was having no luck getting any traction. Um, the, like, our, we're, we're a church of 900 um, in a town of 3,500, and we don't have, like, Andy Stanley or Craig Groeschel. <laughs> and I love our teaching team. Like, I think yeah. we do a good job, but we don't have that name recognition. So um, as a church, YouTube was hard to get on, um, uh, get, get it rolling. But as an individual, it was significantly um, easier in that regard yeah yeah and see this is why i love the the idea of the digital missionary because again i love twitter my personal uh, social platform that i love the most is twitter and i'm on it all the time uh i feel like i have more success reaching non-believers for christ as tom pounder on twitter rather than my new life christian church platform sure so you've discovered that with yourself too and so you started youtube Okay, wait, I just got to ask you this random question of what's your favorite 80s cover song that you've done and what's your favorite Broadway musical that you've done or song that you've done? Uh, my, my favorite 80s cover I've done is Africa by Toto. Okay. Uh, right. I used like a $50 blow up dinosaur from Walmart. It's a sprinkler and I put it off to the side. So it looks like it's like blessing the rains down in Africa while I'm singing. <laughs> and at the end, the camera pans out to show it's a dinosaur. So that one's my favorite. Um, as far as Broadway goes, uh, the one that had the most success is Defying Gravity from Wicked. Okay. Um, but my favorite one is probably uh, For Forever from Dear Evan Hansen. Nice. That's awesome. I, I, I actually like going to Broadway musicals. And so I, I, now I'm going to have to definitely check out your, your covers on those songs. Yeah, that's that's sure. awesome. Um, what made you use this platform? You, other than other than the fact that it's the second greatest search engine, like, did you have a lot of experience with YouTube before, or how did you get started in the whole thing? 
Yeah, I was, so I went to school for audio engineering. Um, well, I went to school for filmmaking, transferred to a Christian college. They didn't have filmmaking, so I switched to audio. Go um, figure, yeah, okay. Yeah, so um, the co combination of like visual medium and audio, uh, there's not a better platform to like showcase um, filmmaking skills and uh, narrative storytelling or like music videos than YouTube. Um, like TikTok is really good for cell phone videos, but YouTube is where you go to for like higher production value stuff. Mm -hmm. So that's really what piqued my interest. Um, I love doing like, some people hate making videos. That's like what I do for fun. So <laughs> That's awesome. Okay. So one of the things that I hear a lot about people uh, about in regards to digital, digital missionaries is that they don't feel like they have the, the skill set. Now you just talked about audio and video. You went to school for a little bit of that. How, how do you overcome that? Because uh, I hear a lot of people say, I can't do this. I, you know, they come up with a lot of excuses. What happens for you when you, when people share that with you? Um, everybody's good at something like for, for, uh, for example, I saw a YouTube channel where this guy, uh, he was going to be a dad to people who didn't have dads on YouTube. So his whole YouTube channel is like teaching people how to use a screwdriver and like how to change a tire. And it's geared towards like kids who grew up fatherless. Like anybody can do that. It was like cell phone videos, but it blew up because it was such a niche audience. Yeah. Um, so I think anybody can offer something like that. Um, it doesn't have to be like this extravagant production value. Um, it just needs to be something that's useful to a specific group of people. Yeah. And so then when you're talking about YouTube in specific, you're, you're going after, you know, you, you do music because that's your background. You do video and stuff. What are, what have been some ways that people have been able to utilize YouTube to kind of make connections with people? Yeah. Um, once you get to a certain amount of subscribers, uh, it's a thousand, you can use something called the community tab. Okay. Um, and so that's a really good place to ask people how you can pray for them. We found that that's the simplest question that people will open up to that has anything to do with Jesus off of like right off the bat. So even people that don't believe in Jesus, most of them, at least if something's going on, will ask for prayer as like a last resort. And that immediately opens up the conversation to have further conversations beyond that. So that community tab has been really good. Um, and then as far as like the actual content on YouTube, uh, if you are intentional about putting action steps within it, even if it's just like, send me an email, if you're struggling with this, people mm -hmm. will do it. That's awesome. And I, I heard when you, again, were doing your Engage conference, you talked about how you actually touch base with people who comment on your videos, correct? Yep. What do you do there? What kind of connection do you make there? Uh, most of the time, it's usually like, thanks for commenting, like, how can I pray for you or something like that. But uh, sometimes, specifically in um, uh, the genre of music that I'm uh, pursuing on YouTube, we'll get people that have never heard about Jesus or live a certain lifestyle that they think um, is in conflict with Christianity. And I'll get comments addressing that. And I'll typically comment back a couple of times, but then ask them to like move it to email or text message. Yeah. Um, and I've, I've built several friendships with people that went from just commenting on YouTube to now I'm friends with, even though I've never met them in person um, and they live in New York or whatever. That's awesome. Which has been really cool. That's cool. Now, do you have a separate text message number that you give out for connections like this or is it your personal number? <laughs> this is my personal number. <laughs> Our care pastor and I have this running joke that like everybody, everybody already knows our number anyways in the Louisville area. So what's another person? <laughs> that's, that, that's awesome. <laughs> that's really cool. 
Um, okay, so let's broaden this out a little bit more. You've been doing this with YouTube, but some people may not like YouTube or not feel comfortable. I try to do this on Twitter. Some people don't like Twitter as much. So uh, what have been some different ways that you've been encouraging people in your area to be digital missionaries? How, are, how have you found success there? Yeah, uh, Facebook's an easy one because you get there's all kinds of options for connection on Facebook. So you can use your newsfeed there. Um, we've had a ton of success with TikTok. Um, nice. so we, we have a girl named Megan who is, is a digital missionary to TikTok. And her whole thing is um, blogs or like uh, TikTok videos about mom and also struggling with mental health issues. Um, so she struggles with anxiety, that kind of thing. Um, and she's a mom to younger kids. So that's what her TikTok videos are about. She pushes those videos towards longer blog posts that we host on our website. And then she has an option to connect with her on the website. Through that, she's built tons and tons of relationships. She prays for like 600 people a week. It's nuts. Oh, wow. Uh, like one-on-one. -on -one. Um, it's really cool. In her office, she has like this, these canvases that are probably like 16 by 16. And every time she prays for a person, she writes their handle on the canvas. And she's got them like covering the walls of her office, which wow. is sweet. Um, she got like Christmas cards from people from TikTok in the mail this year. It's, it's nuts. But um so that's what she does. And she started a book club for moms that struggle with mental health issues. So from TikTok connections only, she's got like 40 moms now that are in this book club that they meet and discuss these books through Zoom. That's, that's awesome. I love the fact that, that she's using TikTok because again, I think when TikTok first came out, everyone thought dance videos and all this kind of stuff. But I've discovered, I'm on TikTok and I've discovered that uh, there are a lot of people my age on TikTok and sharing good, insightful things. There are people doing funny things. There are people yeah. doing inappropriate things, whatever. But there's actually some real connections that I've seen that get made with people. And I, I think it's a great avenue to try in this day and age. Yeah, she, she's found a lot of success at kind of mixing silly, trendy videos with these um, more serious mental health videos. We had a bet going on at the beginning of last year because we're both like ultra, ultra competitive people. Um, <laughs> that whoever had the most subscribers when we started these channels last year would, uh, at the end of the year, buy the other person lunch and she wiped the floor with me. So it's awesome. That, that's really cool. Okay. So she's using TikTok to push to, a, to another site with video stuff. What are some other things? Because I see, uh, you mentioned this earlier about how can I pray for you, but I've seen on your Facebook page, anytime you post, how can I pray for you? You get a plethora of comments. I do. So I created a, um, I created a prayer team um, that I knew would not be able to do the, the digital missionary thing. Like these were older people that don't necessarily understand technology, but were prayer warriors. And so their job is to anytime that I do the, uh, how can I pray for you? Or the church does, how can I pray for you? Not only will they pray for the person like mentally or out loud, they will literally type a comment right below. So when you see my post, there's like 170 comments or whatever. Well, you've got three or four people that are praying right after the person asked for the prayer request along with me. It's a great way to get specifically retired people that have a lot of time to do that, to get them involved in the digital form. I, I like that. I never thought of that before. And that's, a, again, like you just said, a great way to get more people serving. See, one of the things I've really enjoyed about this time um, that we're in is that it's opened up people's eyes to say digital ministry is not... 
like again as a youth pastor we would play video games with kids and people would always make fun of us like oh you're playing video games but it's actually we're trying to make connections right and i think a lot of times people looked at online ministry like oh you're just on facebook you just like to be on facebook or twitter or whatnot you're not really doing anything but it's now people's eyes have been opened um to saying hey there are real opportunities here yeah. um so as you are moving forward, what are some other opportunities you're looking at in regards to digital missionaries and how are you training people? Yeah, um, we're actually launching what we're calling global digital missionaries. We, we're starting the training process this week. Thanks. So we've partnered with an organization called Perspectives. I don't know if you've heard of Perspectives, but it's a missions-based um, educational course. Um, so we host that um, at First Capital. And we're trying to take people who have graduated from perspectives and teach them how to reach people globally through the internet. And we're using our Google ad grants to do that. So any, um, any 501c3 organization is eligible for a Google ad grant. And we're funneling um, some of that money into right now, India is where we're trying to, to reach people. So we've set up landing pages for people interested um, in hope. So that, that's the first one we're going for. If anybody types in anything along the lines of like, how do I find hope? Like, wh why am I struggling? That kind of thing. We're hoping that our targeted ads will reach them in India. Um, they will click on the connect with the person icon. That email will be sent back to our global digital missionary team to connect one-on-one. -on -one. We've been doing this for a long time in the United States. Um, and we'll probably get like 40 to 50, we call them seeker emails um, a week. Uh -huh. And so we're hoping that that will translate globally and we can empower people interested in missions that may not be able to actually go over there to reach these people through the internet. Dang, that's really cool. I, I've actually just recently heard about perspectives. So that's really cool. And, and how does the Google ad grants thing kind of tie in there? Yeah. So we've set up landing pages in the States for um, various things like uh, mental health resources, financial resources, marriage resources, grief. Um, and we do, um, we periodically change them. So like we did a racial reconciliation one last summer. And um, basically if uh, we'll type in keywords to our ad grant and put like 500 bucks a day or something pushing towards this one keyword, hoping that if somebody um, in the, the geo-targeted area that we're in, um, if they search like, why is my marriage failing? We're hoping our um, landing page will be the first thing that they see. And the first thing they see on the actual landing page is an option to talk to a person. Um, so that person that they want to talk to, they get an email saying, uh, this is a seeker. Um, she watched our marriage video. And then here's her story, that kind of thing. And we start a one-on-one -on -one dialogue that way. That is fantastic. And so then you're training up people then to lead them through that process. Right. So we'll have, we have one person basically uh, like an admin assistant that's getting these emails and parsing them out to um, the person that she thinks is most equipped to um, like step into that situation. So we, like on staff, we've got people that are much better at counseling marriages than others. So they get the marriage ones and grief and so on and so on. That's fantastic. And have you started signing up people for to, to do this right now? Yeah. So uh, the first step in this is we, um, we want to integrate them into our online care team, which is the people that chat during the weekend services, because we want to teach these people how to communicate online. It's different than communicating in person. Uh, so we had four uh, people interested that just graduated perspectives in uh, January. They start this Sunday on our online chat team. Um, and then uh, within the next two months is when we'll kind of really push globally for this concept. 
Dang, that that is really, really cool. Uh, are you partnering with anybody else on this? Is this just your church or are you working with other churches? Uh, yeah, we got the idea from CV Outreach. Um, so we partnered with them for in the States um, for several years. Um, and then we kind of took over the Google ad grant when we added some more staff because we could manage it. Mm-hmm. Um, so for the last year, we've been managing the ad grant ourselves and still using that concept. And then ne- the next step is global. So we'll do that in-house as well. That's great. You're, you're like kind of blowing my mind, honestly, right now, because when I, when I wanted to talk to you about digital missionaries, I was thinking this way, like, it looks like this, but you've just blown my mind up a little bit more to say it can be so much, and you can include so many people who may not even be the most tech savvy of people. Yeah. I mean, we honestly, we don't, the thing, the thing that we always say, and I I think I said this on the engaged talk, I know I said this because I say it all the time, but we think that relationship trumps technology every time. And so the type of volunteers we're looking for typically aren't very tech savvy, but they're really good relationally because we can take, we can automate the tech part of it and they can handle the relational part of it as long as they know how to like chat with somebody via email or text or whatever. Yeah, I I love it. Now, let me ask you this question just because I can hear some people in the background saying, well, are they going to go to your church? Like, how do you overcome that obstacle where people are saying, well, if they're not going to come to my physical church, then they're not really, you know, part like how, you know, what would you say to that? Yeah. Uh, (laughs) For lack of better words, I would tell them to get over themselves. (laughs) I don't know if you want to keep that on the podcast. I'll keep it. Yeah, I've had people Um, worse on me. So that's good. Jesus said, go out and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them, Father and Son, the Holy Spirit, and he'll help us with that. So that's what we're trying to do. And um, we have partnered with hundreds of churches over the last few years to make those baptisms happen like if we introduce them to jesus and online we want them to find a physical church if it's ours that's great if they want to stay online we're going to provide them tools to get closer to jesus every day online they want to go to another church we will cheerlead them to that other church i think it's time we all start working for the big c church (laughs) and stop being so territorial yeah I, I agree with you 100%. And that's, I was hoping you would answer it. That <laughs> oh, that's great. Uh, um, that is fantastic. Well, Tyler, this has been awesome. And I, I'm sure once I get off the, the call with you, I'm going to think of other questions. So I'm going to definitely have to have you back on sure. down the road uh, to talk more stuff and especially check in on what, what you're doing here. Um, but if someone wanted to connect with you, not they're not connected with you now, um, how, would you, what, how would they connect with you? Um, like Facebook or YouTube would be the easiest way. So just search my name, um, on YouTube and it'll come up. Yeah. Even though you, even though you are on Twitter, you're not really on Twitter. I, 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 I don't I, even know. I don't even know if I still have a Twitter. <laughs> no, no, you do because I've tagged you on something before. <laughs> so you, you definitely have it. It's just not like, it's clear that you're not using it. So. I am not on Twitter. <laughs> so I won't tell you that, but listen, I'll, um, do you have a website that uh, your own personal website where you talk about this kind of stuff too? Nope. No, you can go to church anywhere. Uh, that's, that's our, um, online church website so that'll have some more information about what i've talked about that's great uh yeah and we'll um i'll include all those links and include uh tyler's uh, youtube channel it's a great channel to, to look at um so if you want some ideas on how to you use youtube you can uh, go there so well tyler this has been fantastic thank you so much for uh being with me today yeah thanks for having me man
All right, so there you have it, my interview with Tyler. It was great having him on, and it was great to hear the different ways that he is encouraging people to be digital missionaries. So I would love to hear from you about this. What are you doing with digital missionaries? How are you training people and equipping them? How are you recruiting them? How are you mobilizing them? I would love for this conversation to carry on a little bit more. So you can either email me at tom at ymsidekick.com or you can hit me up on Twitter at TA Pounders by Twitter handle. I would love to connect with you there as well. All right, heroes, well, that wraps it up for another episode of the YM Sidekick podcast. Again, as I said earlier, if you want to subscribe to it, go to iTunes and Spotify or ymsidekick.com. They've got tons of great information there, but I also have information about the Digital Bootcamp Facebook group that you can join. We would love for you to be on that where we're just all a bunch of ministers learning digital tools and applying it into our ministry context. So you can easily do that today at ymsidekick.com. I've got all my content there. All right, here is why I hope you have a great rest of your day and I'll talk to you soon. Have a great one.